Uh, how many of y'all got help last week? Last couple weeks, bitterness and forgiveness. Man, such a, such a, such a touchy subject. A subject that, that's really close. Uh, that really is kind of intense, to be honest. We're kind of emotional. I don't know about y'all, but after last Sunday was over, uh, I was tired. Just emotionally, just emotionally just drained. Uh, those, those type messages, although we need them desperately, they're difficult. You know, they're difficult because sometimes we got to do things we don't want to do. Sometimes God does work in us that he reveals stuff in us that we don't want to know that's there. Amen? Uh, but it's necessary. Today we're going to go a little bit different route. We want to we share a truth and a thought out of a story in the Old Testament uh, that God has put on my heart about four leprous, leprous men who were standing at a gate. Here we read in 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7, if you were here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer cards, we're, once again, we are so glad that you're here. And I hope so far we've made you feel welcome today. And if we hadn't, we'll make up for it before you leave. Amen? But, but uh, we are glad that you're here. And if you filled out one of those prayer cards, just hold it up right where you are. And we're going to run real quickly, grab them, because uh, we want to be praying for you during the service and uh, praying that God will help you and bless you. Amen? Hey, look at all of them. Let's give them a hand for being here. Let them know. Come on, really, let them know how glad you are they're here. Hallelujah. All right, here we are. Here we are at uh, 2 Kings chapter 7. We find the city of Samaria. The city of Samaria has been uh, surrounded by Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, and his army. He has surrounded them. Nobody can come in. Nobody can go out. And they are starving to death. A famine is in the land. Uh, matter of fact, they, they have gotten to the point that they have uh, resorted to cannibalism. Cannibalism, eating each other because there was no food. And, and the situation was so, so bad, so desperate, they began to eat each other. Well, here we are. We, we find these four guys, these lepers. If you know anything about leprosy, it's an awful way to die. It's a disease that is not curable. And, 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 and these men, uh, in that day, that their, their limbs would literally fall off of them, their toes and nose and ears and everything. And basically, you would pretty much rot away. And there was no cure. And if you found yourself with leprosy, they would kick you out of the camp. They would put you outside of the gate because you couldn't be around other people. Are y'all with me so far? So that's these guys. Inside, they're starving. And here we are with a disease that cannot be cured. We're, we're rotting away. So 2 Kings 7, verse number 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall under the house of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. In other words, what they're saying, we ain't got nothing to lose. Boy, you ever come to that spot when you have nothing to lose? I've tried the world. I've tried everything that there is to offer out there maybe I can go to church and find something. Why not? Don't have nothing to lose. Y'all with me? They said if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go in the city, we're going to die. Maybe, maybe they'll throw us a biscuit. Who knows? Verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear a no Aren't you glad when God shows up on the scene? 
He scared them all away. A noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried them silver and gold and raiment and went and they hid it. And then also they went into another tent and carried thence also and went and and said one to another, Uh-oh, this ain't good, boys. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. We do not well, let's go and tell. Say it with me. We do not well, let's go and tell. One more time. Father, help us here today. Help us to receive what you want us to receive. Help us to glean from your word. Help me physically, Lord. I'm breaking down today. These, these allergies are about to kill me. Help me to deliver your word with power, with an anointing. God, I don't want to shaft anybody all day. Lord, if they're here in the third or the first, it doesn't matter. I want them to get the full deal. I pray that you'll anoint me with your power and your touch. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. After last week's after last week's message, I I had a note that was sent. I had several notes sent to me, but one in particular was sent to my Facebook. Uh, Facebook's an incredible thing, man. I'm telling you, it can, it can be just like anything, just like anything. It can be a tool for good and a tool for bad, and uh, and you you connect with people. Uh, that you haven't seen in years and years and years and years and, and so forth and so on, which sometimes can be a bad thing. Uh, but th and anyhow, uh, I, I received a note from uh, a lady uh, who I had went to school with. Now, I graduated in 91, and, uh, and, and in high school, this person, uh, we, we kind of knew of each other, but we didn't know each other. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know them because you see them at school, but you don't know each other personally. And, and with Facebook, you're connected with people because you're connected to people, you know. Uh, my friends, their friends, and, 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 and the way this works, and so, so nobody gets offended, you got to know something about my Facebook. I don't send friend requests. Not that I don't want friends, uh, but I don't want nobody to say, well, he friend requested you, but he didn't friend request me. I'm a Baptist pastor preaching, preaching to Baptist people, and I know how y'all are. Say amen. So I, I don't send notes. So if you haven't been friend requested, that, that's you just like everybody else, amen. Uh, I don't do that. I, I just I don't. If, if if I'm a friend of somebody, they sent one to me. So uh, they, they, you know, you connect that way. This one knows this one, and this one's familiar with that one. And anyhow, uh, she she sent this this note, and and this is what she said. She said, "I heard about the message on forgiveness." She said, I read about it, and I, I was real curious about it. Everybody was talking about it, friends of friends. I mean, we've got people watching our church services all over the country. And she said, just out of curiosity, I went and watched it. Doesn't know me, 
knew me from seeing me in high school, doesn't know me personally, uh, and, and, but she said, I just couldn't, I, I was just curious, and I went and watched it. She said, uh, to be honest, in the note, she said, to be honest, I have to go watch it again because I cried the whole time. She said, I'm going through a very bad divorce. She said, the children's father, where it's just a difficult, difficult situation in a bad way. And she said, I need this message. Please keep up the good work of motivating people. I went to the ball field. I went to the ball field this week. 72 degrees below zero outside. And we're having a softball game. God ain't in that. Let me just tell you. When you got to wrap up in a sleeping bag to keep from getting frostbite, you ought not to be on the ball field. I need a witness. I went to the, I went to the, the, the concession stand because I wanted some hot chocolate because I was getting hypothermia. And, uh, and I, got to the, I got to the counter and a young lady behind the window said, I heard about that message. I'm like, I just want hot chocolate, ma'am. That's really, that's all I want. She said, I heard about that message and I'm going to go watch it because I need it. I need it. I wanted this morning... I wanted this morning to preach on Esther. And at the end of Esther, they sent out the word to everybody. Run, camel, run. Go get the word out. But God wouldn't let me. Because he reminded me and he showed me from, from the state of Florida to a ball field to Atlanta, Georgia. I preached these same messages. I preached the joy and the, and the bitterness and the forgiveness CD in a revival this week in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was people weeping all over the altar. And you know what God said? He said, son, you need to understand something. There are some people outside of the walls of that church that desperately need what's in this building. And so God led me to this story. And I want to share with you three quick things about this story. And we'll pray and Go take a Dramamine, amen. Uh, has anybody got allergies and sinuses going on right now? Is that, is that, God bless y'all. How many of y'all don't have no sinus problems, or no allergies or all that? No, no issues whatsoever? Y'all leave. <laughs> God don't even love y'all. Go leave. Just, I'm just kidding. Boy, it's aggravating, isn't it? I'm telling you, allergies and stuff happening. I'm, 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 I've got my hanky. I told somebody, I, I come to church uh, without a hanky, and uh, I said, please somebody find me a hanky, preferably not used, and, uh, and uh, I said, if you don't, I'm taking a roll of toilet paper up to the platform, so you, it's your choice, I, don't, I really don't care, uh, so they found me a hanky, thank God, amen? Uh, these, these four men, these four men, several things I want to show you, but let's, let's look at these guys, I want you to see number one, I want you to see the condition that condemned them. The condition that condemned them. What kind of place in a situation were they in? The Bible says, number one, they were leprous. They, were, uh, they had a disease that was fatal. They had a, 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 a disease that could not be cured. And, and here they are outside of this gate. They're starving to death. The city's besieged. The city has no help and has been surrounded. And they were, they were literally eating each other's children. 
And they're starving to death. And the condition I find, and I wrote this, uh, a few things down, they were diseased, they were dying, and they were desperate. They were diseased, they were sick, and they were dying, and they were desperate. You say, what in the world does that have to do with us? Do you realize the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. When we were born, we were born sick. When we were born, we begin to die. When we were born, we were born broke. The Bible says in the New Testament, we who were dead in our trespasses and in sin, I had no hope, I had no help, I could not fix myself, but God came on the scene and you had to be quickened or made alive. He came into my life and restored unto me what I had missing. Thank God, even though I was dead, even though I was dying, resurrection came to my life. They were sick and they were dying and they were desperate. Do you realize we have people coming to this place every single week who are dying, their dreams have died, their hopes have died. Listen, all the desires in their life have died because the devil has ravaged their life. Things have not gone the way they thought it would go and their life seems to be falling apart and they are desperate. They have tried alcohol, they have tried methamphetamine, they have tried illicit affairs, they have tried drugs, they have tried everything that the devil has thrown at them in this world and they are desperate. Maybe I can find something in the house of God. I've tried everything the devil has to offer. I've tried everything in this world. Maybe when I walk through those doors, there'll be somebody that'll hug me and tell me they love me. Somebody will give me a smile. Somebody will shake my hand. Somebody will let me know that there is hope and help in the house of God. Desperate. Desperate God showed me this week that there are people outside of these walls that are desperate for forgiveness, desperate to get that bitterness healed in their heart, desperate to get the hope and the help that's found in this place. I mean, they're everywhere, and they need what you get every week. Desperate, I've seen people come in here broken. I've seen people come in here weeping and broken and find a place in this altar. I've seen people come in here suicidal. And listen, they have nowhere else to turn. And if they don't find it today in the house of God, I'm going to go blow my brains out because I can't find help or hope nowhere. And they get up from the, listen, the altar rejoicing because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When the devil brings you death, he will turn the ashes into beauty. And I'm glad to know there's help in the house of God. Desperate, desperate. Oh, I'm different with them kind. Really? The only difference between a rich man and a poor man when they die is you can afford a better casket. Nobody's different. If you came to God, you came desperate. You came because there was nowhere else you could. Oh, but I'm a good person. I, I don't care. I don't care. Listen, I don't smoke and I don't dip and I don't chew and I don't run with those who do. I talk right and I dress right and I spit white. So what? Good people go to hell. It's not about your good deeds. The Bible says our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes. The psalmist said it well. He said, I waited patiently on the Lord 
and he inclined unto me. You know what that means? That means he leaned my direction. I'm glad when I called on him, he leaned my direction. I couldn't get to where he was, so he came to me. I didn't have the ability to find him, so he found me. I didn't get the ability to get to him. Why? I was in a miry pit. I was in a miry clay. I was down where I couldn't help myself. Every time I tried to get up, I'd fall back down, but I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought Brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot on a rock. He established my goings and put a song in my mouth. I'm not singing my achy, breaky heart no more. I'm not singing there's a tear in my beard. I'm not singing all oh, your cheating heart. I'm singing I'm, I am redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I've been redeemed. I found it at the house of God. I found hope and I found help, but I was desperate when I got there. And let me tell you what's wrong with the church in America. You forgot where you come from. You look down on drunks and you look down on crack addicts and you look down on, on people that have issues in their life. You look down with problems and there's some people that have problems you think, oh, they just parted. No, it's not. A lot of times it's just the mask, the pain that's going on. It's the mask, the abuse and the hurt that they've experienced their whole life. And you think you're better than somebody, but you was in the same pit, honey. Same pit. Same sinner. Well, I'm just well. There it is. Shine on, brother. There's, there's no good people. There is, that's what the Bible says. I'm not, I'm not quoting, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm trying to be real. There is none righteous. No, not one. Well, I've been to church my whole life. And that means what? Just because you grew up in a household? Now think about this. I thank God. I thank God that I had a Baptist pastor for daddy and it would beat my, you, that part. I'm not really knowing what's legal in church to say. I'm not sure. I, you know, there was no question where we was going to go. He taught me the Bible ever since I was a little kid. Everything I am today is, is greatly because of their influence in my life. But everybody didn't get that. Everybody was not raised in church. Everybody didn't have a godly mama and a daddy. Some of them didn't even have a mama or a daddy. And we want to come in here and think we're somebody because we've been in Sunday school our whole life and look down at somebody, man, come on. They were condemned. Watch what he says. If we stay here, we're going to die. If we go back in there with them. See, they had houses. They had families. They have everybody they can depend on inside that city. But you know what? They're going to die too. So you see what we found out in the house of God? We're all messed up. We're all dying. We're all desperate. Now watch this. They said, boys, let's try something. Sounds good to me. Let's go. All four of them, they sneaking in. They're gone.
Can you imagine this? I mean, this whole camp, this whole camp of a, a, a Syrian army, and there's tents everywhere, and they're all empty. They got food in them, gold and silver and raiment. And they walk in, boys, we have hit the jackpot. Somebody say amen right there. Look at here, Willie. Look what I, I got. My goodness gracious. And then they're eating. They're, I mean, they're, they're just chowing down, and they get all this stuff, and they go and. This is the typical church in America. We saw the, we saw the condition that condemned them, but I want, you to see, I want you to see the conduct that characterized them. Watch what they did. They come and got this food, and they, they I mean, they're just, how many of y'all ate when you're hungry? How many of y'all know that when you're hungry, that there's really no manners involved when you're hungry? Everything becomes finger foods when you're hungry. Well, I've never, because you ain't been hungry. I mean, they just sound like a bunch of hogs. And they take everything they got and they go hide it. Now, here's the deal. Two things that they were doing. First, we see they were consuming the blessing, which is not a bad thing in itself. I like, I like coming to church when God has set the table. How about y'all? Because I've gone to church when the meal that was served wasn't worth serving. And I left the house of God just as hungry as when I came. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Bored to death. Now, I'm about preaching. I love preaching. But, dear God, don't bore me to death. And come to church and leave just as, just as sick, leave just as disgruntled, leave just as, as, as hungry, leave just as miserable. But boy, I've come when it's been good. I'm talking about you could smell it before you got in the kitchen. Y'all with me? And I, I, there's nothing wrong with coming and getting and consuming the blessings that God has in this place. But when we resort to the second thing they did, they not only consumed the blessing, but then they concealed the blessing. Hey, boys, we got to go hide this got to go hide it. Let me tell you what's wrong with the church in America. It's dying, by the way. This is weird. This that you see in, every week is not normal. I go to churches all the time, preaching meetings. And those people in those services and those meetings would give their right pinky toe to have what you have every week. I wish I could just. And just uncork it when I get there. It don't work that way. But you know what's happened? I think a lot of us in here, we've got so accustomed to this. We think this is normal. And it is for us. But it's not for America. There is more excitement that takes place in one service here than in most churches all year long put together. I'm not exaggerating this. 
I, matter of fact, if you don't believe it, then you can be my driver the next three meetings I go preach. Jeremo, you've gone with me several times. Am I telling the gospel? And what, what has happened is, is a lot of times we'll get so comfortable with this and we'll get so used to this that we'll start consuming it and we'll start concealing it. Here's the deal. This is what God revealed to me. With all these notes people are sending me by Facebook and, and these, these people that are contacting me and, and, and through, the, through, through the, 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 the ball field and all these things, you know what God's saying? They need this. Somebody from here has to go there and say, looky, looky. That's biblical. King James uses the word behold, so whatever. I don't see you going out saying, behold. But I've heard people say, look at here, look at here, amen. Amen? Desperate for the hope that's here. Desperate for the help that's here. And you know what we've done? We'll come in here like a bunch of hogs at a trough. And we'll engorge ourselves with the blessings that God puts in this place. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Get all you can get and then can all you get. But then you got to go tell somebody. Because you're not the only one in Coleman hurting. You're not the only one in Coleman goes through a divorce. You're not the only one in Coleman whose kid got crazy on him. You're not the only one in Coleman whose family member just died. You're not the only one in Coleman whose spouse cheated on them. You're not the only one in Coleman who's been having a grudge against somebody that needs to find hope and forgiveness so they can find healing finally and peace in their heart. Number three, and we're going to pray. We see, what was the first thing? We see the... Uh-huh. Now, y'all know by now that we will repeat this till everybody participates. Amen? All right. Number one, we see the. Number two, we find the. But then I want you to see. I want you to see their conscience that convicted them. All of a sudden, they're stacking up, boy. They just. Getting the, the, the raiment. I mean, they not only had the suit, but they had money to go to town with. They're hiding it. And they're going and getting more. And all of a sudden, Willie stops. Whoa. Henry says, Willie, what's wrong with you? Come on, man. He said, guys, this, this ain't right. He said, we do not well. In other words, hey, this ain't good, boys. Willie, what's your problem? He said, I, I, I remember I remember that face of that little kid in the gate that was starving to death. And old Joe over here says, you know, Will, that's right. When we left out yesterday, I remember a granny lady up in the window that was crying her eyes out because she didn't have no food for her grandchildren. Old Henry said, I tell you what, I, now that you mention it, now that you mention it, 
It's bad back there, ain't it? You see, sometimes we got to remember that there is a great need. We're so excited because we come here and we get fulfilled and we receive from God and we can't wait till we get back here. I can't. I love coming here. Especially when I go somewhere else. I even love it more. And I can't wait to get back and I can't wait to get back and I can't wait to get back. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do next week at Easter. It's just going to be, whoo, man, yeah. But you know what God needs to remind all of us? Because there's somebody on Monday that's just as hungry as I was on Sunday. There's somebody at work that's broken just like I was when I came to God. There's somebody at the ball field that's going through a bad time in their life that needs what I got on Sunday. You see, there was two things that these boys that convicted their heart. First, it was the good news that they had, but then the great need they remembered. How do you keep back good news? I can't help it. I'm going to tell somebody. Bless God. Are y'all with me? Get good news. I want to. I, I remember one time. I remember one time I had Lee Mickle with me. I don't even know if he's in this service or what service he comes to, but he's with me. And I was so excited. I was at a gumball machine. Don't laugh. It was exciting. I was at a gumball machine. I put a quarter in, and two of them came out. I saw it. Lee, look at here, boy. Eat your heart out, son. I got two of them. I can't help it, man. That's good stuff. When you get two for one deal, bless God, that's like when two coats come out of one shot. Amen. He looked down. I don't know how I missed it, but on the top of the thing, it said two for a quarter. I said, Lee. Couldn't you just left it alone, man? <laughs> stuff like this, don't. I don't never win stuff. I don't never win nothing. I don't never get, I'm not lucky. My brother will win everything. My one win, you couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> but I was excited. <laughs> my daughter's got a dog. I wasn't really tickled about the fact of her getting it. But don't treat coons. It's not a big bulldog that can bite you and keep you out the yard. It's really not a manly dog at all. It's, it's a girl golden retriever. See there? A girl golden retriever. Nothing manly about it. Well, it got missing. This, this, and, and it, there was real conspiracy theory because it got missing when I went to Atlanta. And you know how women are. They think stuff. Uh, I had nothing to do with it, people. 
but this, this dog gets missing, and, and they call me and said, did you see so-and-so? Did you see Nico? I said, uh, I said no, I, I, yeah, I did. I see she was there when I left. Well, she ain't there now. Three days. Y'all whip? No. Yeah, three days. No, Nico. Now, you got to understand, this dog, when it was a baby, uh, a mama dog, another mama dog ate three of its toes off. So it's got one toe. And, and I wanted to name it Uno. <laughs> Isn't that a great name? They don't. That's great, man. It ended up being Nico, Uno, Nico. Uno! Wouldn't that be great, you know? Well, now, something, I think she got hit by a car. That's what the vet thinks. And, and, and anyhow, anyhow, uh, Thursday afternoon, I was, I was leaving I was leaving the house, and uh, me and a friend of mine was going somewhere, and, uh, and I had told him before the dog was missing, you know, and I have a little, I have a little coon dog puppy out there running around, and, uh, and uh, uh, it's wonderful, too. Pretty. Long years. Oh. And uh, I got in the truck, and he said, I thought you said that dog was missing. I said, no, my coon dog ain't missing. It's been. He said, no, the other dog. I said, what are you talking about? He said, it's laying right there on the porch. You walk right by it. I said, what? You crazy. I looked over there, and there she was. I said, it come back. And I went over there, and, and there was something wrong with its tail. I think it had, anyhow, just I had to go to the vet. Well, now, now everything from here back is shaved. And they had to take that much of his tail off, so now it's got a stub. And one toe. <laughs> We're going to name her Lucky. <laughs> she, uh, I walked to the door. I walked to the door and Jordan was in there. She, you know, she pouts. She's like her mama. She'll pout and everything. She was, she said, and by the way, that's our secret. If I want her to know, I'll tell her. Amen. Her mama, that is. And uh, and uh, I opened the door. And I was going to mess with Jordan a little bit, you know. I said, Jordan, how many times I got to tell you to keep your car washed? My gracious alive. This car is a mess. And, and, you know, Jordan, she'll catch your attitude. And she come to, I, I, my car is clean. I, I, and she got and turned the corner. And there was Nico. And she was so excited. And she was just, oh, 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 I miss you. Uh, you know, really nauseating. <laughs> and and uh, so I jump in the truck, and I, we're riding down the road. I said, I'm going to call Tammy. So I, you ain't going to believe. Nico's home. I said, what? How did you know? Who told you? She said, Jordan told I said, I just left Jordan. How did she tell you already? Well, she just wanted to tell me the. Now, let me ask you a question. How is it possible to come to this place and get the help that we get here and not go tell nobody? The Bible says they went and hid it, but then they said this. Guys, this ain't good. This is the day of good tidings. Let us go tell the king's household. 
You know what would really revolutionize your life and the life of every church in America is if you would go tell what you've got here. I can't do that. I can't preach. I can't. I don't know. I didn't ask you to preach. I, I don't believe them four lepers got to the gate and said, everybody, get your Bibles. They didn't do that. I believe they got there and said, boys, we found some bread. You know what everybody in here is? One beggar telling another beggar, we found bread. I'll mess it up. I'll mess it up. You can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. I tell this story so much, I know y'all are tired of hearing it, but I can't help it. It goes too good right here. And we got plenty of people in here who's never heard it. How many of y'all sometimes you're afraid to witness because you're afraid you're going to not say the right thing or they're going to ask you something you don't know, so you're kind of afraid to witness? Raise your hand real high. Let God see you're serious. Okay. I'm going to mess it up. Watch this. When I was 17 years old, I surrendered to preach. I didn't want to. I, didn't, I was nervous. I'm scared of people. And I don't like getting in front of people. And God knew that, and he'd done it anyhow. And, and God was dealing with me about preaching, and I told Dad, and, and Dad, and he's there with the, with the slang and the, and the, man, you look rough every time you come. I don't know what Mom's doing to you, but she better quit. He'll be in a cast next, amen. Uh, he was there, and I told Dad, I said, I said, Dad, I believe God's called me to preach, but I don't want to tell nobody. I don't want to get in front of nobody. <laughs> Calling me to preach, but I don't want to get in front of nobody. I said, can we do this, like, by the Internet or something, you know, I just... He said, well, we need to make it public. You need to stand in front of the church and make it public. And, uh, and, uh, and I said, man, I don't, want, I don't want to talk. He said, don't worry. Just stand beside me. I'll do all the talking. He got up there that night, and I stood there in front of him, beside him, and he had his arm around me. He said, ladies and gentlemen, Malcolm's got something he wants to say. <laughs> he lied in the house of the Lord. And I'm going to get the bitterness CD. Amen. I'm, I'm still bitter about it. Scared to death. Honestly, and y'all think I make this stuff up, but I'm telling you, Buchanan, we was, me and Buchanan was in the, in the, was it Papa Murphy's is there? When we was getting that pizza that time, and me and you was in there, and it got crowded. People kept just, just falling in that place. And I said, let, let, can, I, I think we need to take this to the car. He said, you're crazy. It's real. I said, I'm telling you, I'm scared. I, I just get nervous and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and so here I am, and Dad makes me preach every week, every week, whether I wanted to or not, because he's old-fashioned, and he's the only way you're going to learn how to do it, just get in there and do it, son. Get her done. Amen. <laughs> so here we are every Wednesday night. I'm preaching every Wednesday night. And it was really great for the people because my max sermon was three and a half minutes long. <laughs> I mean, they were begging for me to preach. They really was. It was... I. I didn't know till later why, but I I know now, and uh, and and so I'm every Wednesday night I'm preaching now to, to get the real full effect of the story. My grandmother would come to church on the Christmas pageant every every year the Christmas pageant. She would come to church to watch her grandchildren in the Christmas pageant. See, I grew up in church. I've been everything. I've been Jesus in the manger, Jesus confounding the wise at 12 years old, Jesus hanging on the cross. I've been donkeys and sheep, and I've been everything. And every year, 
she would come and watch all the grandchildren. There were several of us, eight or nine of us, in the, in the Christmas pageant every year. That's the only time she'd come. And I'd pray every year, oh, God, save Grandma. Oh, God, save. And I just knew every year she was going to get saved that week. Well, come to, come to find out during the middle of that summer, 17 years old, just surrendered to preach, <coughs> Dad, and I would, I would come up to preach, and, and then I'd go sit down, and he would do the invitation. Now, how many of y'all remember in, 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 in smaller churches and in, in the old church where, where after the service, the preacher would stand in front and he would do all the praying for everybody? Can't hardly do it like this, uh, but back then the preacher prayed with everybody and he would do the invitation from down there. And, uh, and, and Dad, he said, all right, son, this Wednesday you got the whole thing. I said, the whole what? Because I, 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 I was scared to death. All I would do is I'd come give my message, and I'd go sit down, and then he would do the invitation. He said, you got to do everything, the invitation and announcements and everything. I said, don't do this to me. He said, man, your mom's gone. You got it. I'm telling you, I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm praying fast. I'm doing all kinds. I'm just, oh, God. Guess who shows up that night? Shona. She shows up out of the blue. I didn't even know she knew I was preaching that night. But here she is, come through the door. And that made it worse. I give my little message. And I go down in front. And I done watched my dad do it a million times. So, I, you know, I kind of knew the, the motions and what to say and all. And you know how the preacher come. If you need the Lord, come forward. If you need prayer, come forward. If you need Jesus, we are here for you. Just come. No problem. I went down forward, and I promise you, I, my, my parents are right there. They'll tell you, uh, everybody told them. This is exactly how I did it. Come. <laughs> if you need Jesus, I wouldn't even look up. I think I had my eyes closed. Too. Oh, if you need the Lord, come on. And inside I was praying, God, don't let nobody come down here. Keep them away, Jesus. Help them. <laughs> then all of a sudden, there was a presence near me. And, and, and I was afraid to open my eyes. And I just opened my eyes, and I was looking down, and I saw feet. And I looked up, and it was Grandma. And it scared me so bad. I said, what do you want? She said, I want to get saved. I couldn't remember the Romans Road, the Ephesians Bypass. I couldn't remember nothing. The only thing I remembered was John, uh, yeah, John 3.16. I said, Grandma, for God so loved the world, she quoted the rest. I said, that's all you need to know? Let's pray. <laughs> After the service. I went and called Dad. I said, Grandma, come forward, and I think she got saved, but you better call and see if it took. <laughs> she never missed another service. Every service, buddy. I'm telling you, she was there like clockwork. I messed it all up. But God fixed it. You can't, hold up, hold up, hold up. You can't mess it up. Just tell what you know. What did, what did demoniac? He got healed and he wanted to go with Jesus. And this is what he said. No, you can't go with me. Go back to your friends 
and tell them what good things God has done for you. God doesn't expect you to preach a three-point outline. Just tell him what he's done for you. God don't want you to jump up and act like a, a spitting, hollering evangelist. Just tell, if you got help with addiction, tell somebody. If you got help with your marriage, tell somebody. If you got released from a bitter spirit because you forgave, tell somebody. Because you know what? To be honest, that'll do more than some preacher's outline any day. Any day. Just tell somebody. If you've gotten help in the last few weeks here, please go tell somebody before Easter so that they can come get what you got. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today. Help us today. We need your anointing. God, there's people going to hell all around us. There's people with broken hearts all around us. People that are starving to death spiritually all around us. God, we got to go tell them. We got to go tell them there's hope at the house of God. There's help at the house of God. There's bread. There's peace. There's joy. Let's go tell them. Let's don't hide it. Let's. The light is not to be put under a bushel, but it's there to light up the world. God, help us to be a witness. Help us to be a light. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, how many people need to come and flood this altar right now? Just get out of your seat and come talk to Jesus about the person that you need to invite. That person that God has put on your heart that you need to tell about Jesus. That one that's hungry and suffering and in a difficult way. And you need to witness. Come on, find a place in this altar. We're God's people. We're one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Hey, do you remember the day and the place where you were when God found you? Huh? Do you remember where it was where God found you? Don't forget that because there's other people that's there too. Would you come and pray for them? Maybe you need to come and pray for a brother. Maybe you need to come and pray for a sister. Maybe you need to come and pray for a son or a daughter or a mother or a father. Maybe you need to pray for an, excuse me, an uncle or an aunt. It might be a co-worker. It might be somebody you play ball with. Won't you come? Just ask God to help them. Ask God to touch them. Ask God to be with them. Won't you come? Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to be with all these folks at this altar. All these folks who come before you praying, asking for help, asking for encouragement, asking for you to give them what they stand in need of to be a blessing to their loved ones. God, I know how hard it is to witness. I, I know that. But God, I know that you will give us power to make it happen. You will give us the ability, Lord, to bring it to pass. There's so many desperate people out here that need what's in this building, Lord. I pray that we'll leave and grab those invites and get them all out. Take them all out to those who need what is here to offer. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll move in a great way. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's stand to our feet. Take all the time you need to pray. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, won't you come?
God speaking to your heart. Come on. Come on. Who's lost that needs to hear about Jesus? What we pray for. And trust him in his presence. Sing it with us now. I surrender all. I Yeah. 